0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. 2 John chapter 1. Verses 10 and 11. Does God actually say that? Are we as believers actually commanded to refuse to fellowship or even allow those who speak a doctrine other than that of the teachings of Jesus Christ into our house? Well, yes, actually. And here's why. Because that the Bible tells us that anyone who holds or preaches a doctrine other than the one delivered by christ is accursed we read it very clearly in galatians chapter 1 verse 8 where the early apostles said but though we or even an angel from heaven were to come and preach any other gospel unto you other than that which we had already preached unto you in other words that which is laid out in scripture he say then let them be accursed as we said before So say I now again, that if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have already received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men, or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not have been the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after me, for I neither received it of men, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus. Paul was saying to them that he didn't speak out of his flesh or his assumptions, so that the messages that he preached originally were not Of him, but that there was a sure and firm foundation laid by the Holy Spirit Himself because He had spent time with Jesus, and it was Jesus's word and message that flowed through Him, so that a clean and pure and firm foundation was laid. So that He warns them in future days, there will be those who will come and try to undo what has been done. Don't listen to any gospel or any message that contradicts, alters, or dismantles it. It doesn't matter who it comes from, whether it came from him, them, or an angel from heaven. If it contradicts the teachings of Jesus and the foundations that were laid by him personally, then it is accursed. And so will be those who receive it. This is a very serious thing in the eyes of God. Christ suffered unimaginably to bring us the truth, the way, and the life. We are to cherish, guard, defend, love, and contend for that truth. For it is the only thing that will set men free. All else is actually aiding the enemy in keeping men in bondage to him and robbing Christ of the rewards of his suffering. Believing, speaking, and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ brings blessing and eternal life. Therefore, believing, speaking, and preaching any other thing brings cursings and eternal damnation and separation from the God who loves you and suffered to show you the depths of that love. So yes, he takes it very seriously. And if we love him, then we should too. The Bible says that when two walk together in fellowship, they decree that they agree an agreement with an accursed thing makes you just as guilty. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 26 says, Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be accursed just like it. Namos chapter 3, verse 3 says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, we read, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Baal, or what part hath he that believeth with the unbelieving, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Yes, we are to love, bless, pray for, and be a witness to all men of the teachings of Jesus, his love, his mercy, his truth, and compassion. We are to be peaceable and charitable, yet uncompromising. We are to be kind and loving, yet steadfast in our beliefs. We are to evangelize the lost and deceived, but not to yoke up with them in fellowship. Minister to them, bless them, and warn them, but do not partner with that which opposes Jesus or his teachings. My friend, you are to minister to them, but don't allow yourself to be ministered to by them or to minister with them lest you validate the error of their message in the eyes and ears of the innocent. God warns us of this for a reason. And that reason is because that a judgment is coming upon the ungodly. And if we are in fellowship and agreement with it when it happens, then will we not be protected from it? And we ourselves will partake of that judgment with them when it happens. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 tells us this, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the lord first peter chapter 1 verse 16 says because it is written be ye holy for i am holy the word holy means set apart and separate from the world to be set apart to god we must be separate from the world and that which opposes him yet if we are set apart to the world then will we be separated from god it is one or the other You cannot have both. God requires separation. There is a line in the sand and a clear understanding of where you stand. When the ground opens up to swallow the wicked, don't be found among them, even if only in fellowship. Take God's side and be protected. Ephesians 5 chapter 6 tells us this, let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes in darkness, but now are ye light. In the Lord. Therefore, walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Even when a believer strays from the truth of the gospel once delivered, we are required by Scripture to warn them in love and brokenness, but then to separate and have no further partnership or agreement with them until that they receive it. We read this in Second Thessalonians 3, verse 14, where it says, If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed, yet do not count him as an enemy, but rather warn him in love as a brother. My friend, this is a hard message to preach, yet does it truly show us the depths of God's disdain for that which leads men astray? He is truly jealous for us like a husband. He does not want us hanging out with that which wishes only to seduce us from him. He is not okay with it. Now, having said all of that, some might ask what of those who get saved but still have unsaved spouses. To that, I would tell you this, that the scripture does make a provision for this, saying that as long as they allow you to practice your faith to stay and keep preaching to them until they get saved. However, you still cannot compromise your faith, even if they determine to leave you because of it. You must be faithful to Jesus and his teachings above all else. You can read this very clearly and plainly in 1 Corinthians chapter 17, verses 13-16. through 16. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul says this, For do I now seek to persuade men, or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, then I would not be a servant of Christ. Who do we serve, my friend? The scripture is very plain and clear that we have to have faith. That means belief and trust and obedience to the teachings of Jesus. We've got to be willing to stand on them no matter who or what opposes them. We've got to love him enough to stand in defense of the message that was once given Paul says to contend for the faith that was once given unto you. Jesus tells us this in Matthew chapter 10 verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men it is him that I will confess also before my father which is in heaven but whosoever shall deny me before men him will I also deny before my father which is in heaven think not that I have come to to send peace on the earth. I come not to send peace, but a sword for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me, is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. I know that this is a hard message, as was much of what Christ truly preached. I'm sorry if this is not your typical Sunday morning message, but if I do not declare the full counsel of God's word unto you, then woe is me. I desire to stand before God clean of the blood of all men because that, like Paul said, I have not shunned to preach to you the entire truth of the gospel of Jesus. And the truth is this, that as the days grow darker and more serious, as the Antichrist spirit rises into power in the earth and the day of the Lord approaches ever closer, there will be more and more opposition to the true teachings and message of Jesus. There will be many who will stand against it, who will seek to twist and to pervert it. The word of God is true. Have no agreement with that which twists the truth. Speak it plainly. Speak it openly. Speak it boldly. And let the Lord defend you. The Bible says over and over again that Jesus is coming back for a pure and spotless bride, unspotted by the world, no compromise. So having said all of this, I must also warn you against having a spirit of arrogance, coldness, or hard-heartedness in your pursuit of holiness. When separation because of sinfulness must come, it must come in brokenness not in pridefulness. And the battle for their soul must continue to be fought in much prayerfulness. Remember that these scriptures are not talking about total isolation, but rather of fellowship or yoking partnership with that which opposes Christ or his doctrine, in other words, his teachings because that we endorse those things to others around us by our fellowship. This is why the scripture warns us plainly that friendship with the world makes us the enemy of God and spiritual adulterers as we choose our seducers over loyalty to the one who paid the price for us. James chapter 4 verse 4 says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whosoever will be a friend of the world makes himself the enemy of God. There is a fine line that can easily be overstepped between evangelism and fellowship with darkness. That line is crossed when the other is not receiving the truth, but instead is preaching to you something other than the doctrine of Christ. At this point, you are the one being evangelized, seduced by doctrines of demons, And your spiritual husband is not okay with you willingly partaking of it. Yet do we still need to guard ourselves against becoming hard-hearted? Therefore, depart, shake the dust off, and pray for them from a distance until such time as they have been humbled and become desperate enough to be submitted to the teachings. Jesus. We must always keep a broken heart for those who are lost, even when they fight against us. God does still love them, but is unwilling to lose more children to their pride and self willedness. I think one of the clearest examples of this can be seen in the story of David and his son Absalom. David loved his son. Yet when that son turned on him, betrayed him, and began pulling others into his error and deception, did David have to separate from him and lead those loyal to him away from Absalom, lest they be led astray also? Through all that Absalom did, David, an archetype of Christ, still loved him and desired his repentance and restoration more than anything. Still, his loyal servants had to be distanced from his influence with the exception of a few trusted prophets who brought forth straightforward warnings of repentance or judgment, take it or leave it. Sadly, Absalom did not repent and died in his sins and David's heart was vastly broken for him, stating that he would have died for him. In this, are we reminded that Christ was willing to die for the wicked, the selfish, the prideful, the Absaloms, and the Judases also. Not just the Pauls and the Peters. So no, he does not hate them, and never should we, even if he calls us to separate from their influences. It is not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Therefore, preach the whole truth of the gospel. Evangelize, warn, reprove, rebuke, do what you've been commissioned to do, but in doing so have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, nor that which opposes the teachings of Jesus, but rather correct it, reprove it, and be a demonstration of that which is wholly submitted fruitful, and obedient. Your life and example is the greatest sermon you will ever preach, and fellowship with darkness comes only to destroy or distort the message of it. Determine to get on the side of the line that never stops crying for the lost, but also is never willing to compromise the message of Christ. In other words, don't lay down your cross for the sake of seeming nice or being liked. Walk in compassion and humility. But know that sometimes men will still be offended with reality. Love them enough to tell them anyway. Draw the line and love Christ enough to stand with him and every word that he died to say on the right side of it. Even if it cost you separation from some Judases and Absaloms in the process. Weep for them. Preach to them. Pray for them, but don't be part of them. Stand for holiness, and you'll stand with Jesus. Stand for anything else, and you'll be found to stand against him. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 tells us this, I charge thee therefore before God, And the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions and do the work of the evangelists." Make foolproof of thy ministry. My friend, we have been given a commission, but we have been given it with clear instructions. Jesus said to teach everything, every word that he has spoken, not leaving anything out. The scripture tells us that if we do not warn a man in his sin, if we don't stand for righteousness, then we'll have that man's blood on our hands at the day of judgment. That's why Paul said at the final day that he was clean of the blood of all men because that he had not failed or shunned to preach to them the full counsel of God's word. I do this to you today, but we have to all determine to stand in that place of faith. We read this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe All things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. He will be with us. He will remain as long as we remain in him. As he said that we must abide, we must remain in his word and his word in us. Then and only then will we remain in the Father's love. And that's not my opinion. That is the teaching and doctrine of Jesus. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.